0: Nearly all teenagers in the U.S. use social media. How is it impacting their mental health? And what are some steps that we can take to help lessen the harm of social media on kids? Welcome to the search bar. You've got questions? Let's find some answers. Bypass Google and sidle up to the search bar instead, as Central Michigan University's amazing team of experts helps answer some of the Internet's most asked questions. I'm your host, Adam Sparks. And on today's episode, we're searching for answers on how to help teenagers positively and safely navigate social media. Sarah Domoff, Associate Professor of Psychology at Central Michigan University, is here to help us do just that. Hi, Sarah. Hello. Thanks for coming. It's good to see you. Good to
1: see you. Thanks for having me.
0: How many Facebook friends do you have?
1: I try not to go on Facebook anymore.
0: All right. I don't even know how many I have either.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Facebook's old news now. (laughs) I was trying to be, it is? Tell that to my mom.
0: Uh, What we know you for, what the area of research you're known for is kind of, uh, in your child psychologist Mm -hmm. specifically, uh, to be clear, is kind of screen time and and social media. So today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the relationship that I guess parents and kids have with, Mm -hmm. with social media.
1: Social media is such an integral part of everyone's lives today, especially adolescents. And so a lot of my research and, and the collaborations I have um, really focus on how do we promote the benefits of social media use? Like, how do we help people get you know the good stuff from connecting with others online and reduce the risks? And because social media has... Grown so quickly, and there really isn't a guidebook. You know, we're trying to catch up.
0: Technology is moving a lot faster than science is. It feels like science is kind of in this. This it's a, it's not a very advantageous situation to be in because science has a lot more checks and balances than getting the next new thing out to market. Right? Because right. if it sells, it's going to hit the market immediately, and how fast it grows is going to be determined by consumption. Whereas for a scientist, it's, it's slower. The, the pace yeah. a lot slower, right?
1: Yeah, and so one of the the main Points I make to parents and to teachers and and to youth themselves is um, you know, when something new comes out, do some, do some research. Try to understand what the the risks are. Um, how is this different from other social media? For example,
0: all kids are different, all parents are different, but like you're you're there. They're they're 14, they're 15, they're 16, they're 12, mm-hmm. whatever it is, they're gonna be allowed some access presumably through a personal device. What's the pregame for you as a family? Like, How do you prepare for that yourself? And how do you make sure that the child's prepared for the things that they're going to start interacting with?
1: You have access to the internet. You can see anything. And so if you make this assumption that they may come into contact with things that you don't want them to see, how do you structure the conversation? So this is what you do when you come across that. This is how we can talk about it. This is how you can set up your privacy settings so that you're not in touch or in contact with people that may not be good for you. What would indicate to you that this social media isn't working out for you? Like going online is really creating more problems than than good. What are some signs? And I think having that conversation, opening the door to that kind of creates an open environment to have to have that discussion. Some of the best recommendations for social media use involve setting limits around the timing. So if we can prevent phones or social media being used after bedtime or in the bedroom that's really important and then also helping teens scaffold what they want to see on social media so for teens who are at risk for mental health concerns um disordered eating they may come into contact with media uh, social media content that promotes um self-harm disordered eating and so forth
0: how important is it for me as a parent to like at least kind of get on there for a little bit and go, oh, this is what this is about. Is there a value?
1: As much as I study the the harmful side of technology, I love technology, and I think we can use technology to better um, have a better relationship with technology. And so there are so many shortcuts um, that parents can take when it comes to just getting a quick overview of um, what's new with this this app, for example. So Common Sense Media is a great resource online um, that reviews all these new apps, uh, videos, video games, um, YouTube channels. And so there are ways that, um, that parents can like fees up, like, you know, in not too much effort, uh, keep informed of new social media or what the risks and benefits are. And then, you know, having that balance of being an open door to talk about these things, you want to learn and understand, but you also have certain lines that you won't um you won't cross and I think that's important.
0: As a parent and specifically trying to have a conversation with a child about like what is okay and what isn't okay to share. Like mm-hmm. how do you how do you broach that? How do you draw those lines? It feels like a little bit like but not at all like setting a, a curfew. Or you're allowed to go this far. You're allowed to be at, you know the, you're like kind of like where can your kids physically be? How late can they be out like those feel like rules that are tangible, but mm-hmm. like, what do you say online? What do you show online feels sometimes a little bit more ethereal. Like how do you broach that with kids? kid?
1: We want to make sure teens and adults understand that what you share online is data that you are providing to companies that can, they, they can use to try to sell you content oh. or to learn more about who you are to tailor content to your um, potential um, purchase for you to purchase. Right? So I think helping everyone understand that, that, um, what you post is not private and can be used to profit off of you is a very important, um, you know, concept that should be conveyed. We all make mistakes, right? And teens will likely make mistakes in their social interactions and that can happen online. And so having a conversation with your teen or your child about, you know, what do you do when you post something that you regret, um, or that may have, cause harm to someone we don't want you to do that obviously mistakes happen where' you know teens are impulsive they're still developing so how do you address that after the fact maybe you shared something that you shouldn't have shared how do you take it down and how do you apologize to someone that you may have may have hurt and I think it also um, is important for for parents to talk to teens about what do you do when you see someone else who's being bullied online or being targeted online don't be a silent bystander how can we create communities online that are safe accepting um, and if they can't be that way and you've tried to change it how do you leave a certain platform or following a certain group of people that aren't benefiting you again with the advice re- related to seeing content that can be harmful i would just you know assume that your team may make a mistake online and want to take back what they've posted or shared help them know that you know you can uh, apologize for that you can Try to take it down, and so being able to provide a supportive environment for them to talk about those experiences is really critical.
0: How much should you be monitoring? like what's mm-hmm. the difference? like where's that line right yeah. between like monitoring and snooping? because it feels like there's there's a level of snooping that w- once trust is broken, I assume that you, you neg- it's more more negative than good at a certain point, right? especially right. depending on the age of the, the mm-hmm. kid.
1: If your teen, for example, your child um was on social media a lot and then all of a sudden, gets really upset um, when social media is broached or you ask them about what they're looking at on Instagram, like their favorite people, if, if they start to have a negative reaction um, and get really upset about talking about their social media use, that may hint to you that maybe something happened or it stopped being fun and enjoyable anymore and maybe you can have a conversation about that. I mean, I would highly encourage – Um, having conversations continuously about what your child is doing online and what they're liking. And maybe like, how do you cope with stress online? And I think just saying, just like we have problems with our friends and, you know, daily life face to face, Mm -hmm. we can have this, this can happen online too. And it can be even like more like distressing because it's there and you can always check it and review it. So how do we cope with that and just kind of normalizing that obviously someone under the age of 13, Parents should definitely be monitoring what they're doing online because they're still learning how to navigate internet uh, the internet and um online interactions right and so many social media companies require like at least age thirteen, but we know youth are on social media and they're on chat rooms and and so forth at a younger age so monitoring more so at younger ages, I would highly recommend. Mm when they get to be over 13 that's when it can get really challenging because there are some things that we want teens to be able to explore on their own without the fear of you know sharing it with their parents and so i think making sure that they feel for example if they want to explore like their identity or ask questions that they may not feel comfortable asking their parents um in you know safe ways online we should encourage them to start that individuation process and and start to you know clarify who they are and so forth and for some teens it's not really safe for them to talk about those types of issues with their parents yeah. so you have to walk that balance that line with respecting autonomy as the, the the teen gets older again having the open door being hey you know if something happens online or you feel unsafe online like i'm here for you i want to talk to you about that and we're going to problem solve so you can still get the benefits from your phone use your social media use without um, feeling unsafe or on or on, stressed out by what you're seeing online, so those are just some approaches that we recommend. Um, I mean, I I wouldn't recommend unless your child is in serious, you know, risk for for harm to themselves or others, mm-hmm. breaching their privacy. You know, like but definitely let them know. Like I would let your teen know if you are going to be looking at what they post, let them know that you know I have access to this and I'll be looking at this. I want to make sure that you're safe online, you know, if, if you are gonna do that. But I also don't think it needs to entirely be just the parents. So helping teens learn how to talk to their friends about what they're doing online, if they're concerned for their well-being, helping teachers and coaches. I think everyone involved in a, a teen's life should be able to have conversations about this, just like we would expect for other aspects of a of a child's life about who their friends are and how to handle conflict, making sure that a teen has someone that they feel comfortable speaking with about concerns online, whether that's a parent or someone else, is really important.
0: It seems like schools have become the the, sort of the touchpoint for Mm cyberbullying. How are we seeing parents interact with school systems and how are school systems having to interact with social media Mm -hmm. as just kind of part of the normal social interaction that kids, you know, 20 years ago were just having in hallways?
1: Oftentimes, parents will go to schools when they find out that that their child is being cyberbullied by another classmate because it's so important that youth feel safe at school. And so schools are obligated to create a safe environment. And so a lot of what we hear is that when there's a cyberbullying issue, schools get involved mm-hmm. because either it's related to the technology that they're providing youth or they're doing this while they're at school or the cyberbullying can occur at school through people's use through the students use of phones and so forth.
0: Yes, yeah, so, I mean they could be happening com- completely outside of the hours of uh, you know, 8 to 4 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm as if I don't know what time school is at. <laughs> if my kids were only gone till four. Um, <laughs> but if it's not in the, the, that six or seven hours of school, like these teachers, these administrators are still contending with the conversations that occur because it's just the spillover is kind of, it, it's just natural, right? It, it might as well have happened at school if kids aren't differentiating the relationship, right? They don't go home and get a break if there's a problem.
1: Right, and I think, um, you know, with, you know, especially harmful Experiences with cyberbullying, the the spreading of images or content can happen so rapidly across um, a pop, you know, a school. And mm-hmm. so, even if it may have started after school, you can see that content throughout the school day. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it's it doesn't go away when you have your phone um, with you. And so that's also important because it could interfere with. A child being able to be present
0: we don't seem to be keeping up with the digitization of communication very well like as a society at all
1: there's so much catching up that needs to be done at a state level and federal level and you know we're not even talking about AI yet but you know there's so much um, related to policy and legislation that needs to um, needs to happen to address some of these concerns or at least provide um, a, a framework for education across the lifespan, really, around misinformation online, being safe online, and how to handle um, some of the negative experiences that you may have online.
0: There's positive things that are still happening on social media. It's not entirely a negative, right? Right.
1: During the pandemic, um, I was part of a research study that looked at positive online experiences and negative online uh, social experiences. Um, And what we found was that youth reported more positive um, online interactions. Um, and that was linked to lower degrees of loneliness. And so for teens that can learn how to use social media and accessing interact um, communities online that are beneficial to them, that can be a lifesaver um, and can provide them with great uh, wealth of resources. How do you gravitate towards things that lift you up and are positive for you? And how do you make sure to not engage with content that is is harmful is, is is a lesson to learn and part of that is just helping teens realize that they can choose what they see online they can choose who they want in their circle um and if something's not working out for them they don't have to engage with it
0: what are some other resources that are available to people
1: i recommend commonsensemedia.org that's mm-hmm. a great resource they review a variety of types of platforms as well as ha- they have guides for parents mm-hmm. um and they have material for teachers. Take It Down um, is um, a website that was put out by um, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. And that is a website where you can go if there's an image of you that's being shared when you were, you know, that was made when you were a child so that you can have content taken down of you that um, you don't want up there, obviously. So for more extreme situations like that, as well as the Internet Crimes Complaint Center um, through the FBI, um. There are, um, there's great cyberbullying resources online. Um, I think it's stopbullying.gov. There's a lot of websites and I'm I'm happy to share them with you and to see if you want to post with the podcast.
0: Sarah, thanks so much for coming and talking to me about social media use. I appreciate your time and your expertise.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: No problem. Thanks for stopping by the search bar. Be sure to subscribe or follow so that you don't have to search for the next episode.